0: Welcome back to yet another episode of the Through the Banner podcast. My name is Casper McLeod and joining me all the way in Melbourne, Victoria, it is my co-host for this week, Liam. And we are here to discuss the trade period that has just closed a couple of days ago. And we are going to go through the list alphabetically of all the clubs, discuss uh, whether or not we thought that they had a good trade period a bad trade period Liam I'm excited to to get into this
1: Yeah I mean I think we can both safely say our two clubs aren't going to be given high praises for their uh trade periods but yeah Speak we'll get yourself. to them when we do
0: <laughs> Speak for yourself Anyways <laughs> now look it was it was it was tough it was tough for for your Magpies and my Bombers undoubtedly but we'll get to them in a second starting with the Adelaide Crows, Roy Atkins, Brad Crouch, Kyle Hardigan on the way out, nobody arrived, but they do have two picks inside the top 10, two picks inside the top 25, two additional picks inside the top 25, excuse me. So they have a solid draft hand, the Crows. Uh, what grade, oh, I should mention, we, we're going to give each club a ranking out of 10, obviously the higher the number, the better the trade period. What did you make of the Crows' trade period?
1: Well, hmm, I mean, overall, I I wouldn't place it too highly. Um, You know, yes, the draft hand is good. You know, I think there's no doubting that when you've got two inside the top 10. But to bring in no names at all um, and let three players, you know, a couple of which are pretty talented ones, I would say, myself, um, is pretty disappointing. And I think, you know, I'm probably going to get off a bit bit off topic here, but I think Adelaide are going to be very reliant on getting ready-made players in the draft pick, which is a big risk, I think, for a club in their position who need not just to have, you know, I think what they needed to do in the trade period was get a couple of established players in, and then also get, you know, the good draft players in. Because I look at people like um, the King brothers, for instance, who have gone to Gold Coast and St Kilda in the last couple of years. And as talented as they are, they're nowhere near what they will be in a couple of years. And they're an example of how, you know, I'm not doubting they're going to be great players. Everybody knows that. But I think Adelaide are going to be reliant on getting something closer to like a Walsh for Carlton. Someone who came in straight away and was already... You know, one of the elite players in the, at the club, and I think that's the the problem for Adelaide here. Is if they don't get that, and they get a couple of players who need time, like the King brothers do have needed, that could be a problem for Adelaide. Um, so I think overall, for me, it's probably a it's probably a four for Adelaide, uh, only based off the fact that they do have those high draft picks, and if things do go well for them. Uh, And those draft picks are ready made. Then you know they'll at least get a couple of quality youngsters into the squad.
0: Agreed, with pretty much everything you just said. I think Brad Crouch. I'm not so. I'm not so negative on the Brad Crouch trade. I mean, he was going to be. He's going to be suspended for the first couple of matches, anyways, for that um, illicit substance ban from the AFL. But they got. Um just reading here on the AFL's website, they got pick twenty three for him, which I think is, you know, I think it's fair. Uh I think that's a pretty good trade. And St. Kilda gets a good player too. So, you know, I think that's okay for both clubs. Uh, Rory Atkins and Kyle Hardigan, I don't think either of them had a particularly good twenty twenty season. Uh, granted which Adelaide Crow player did have a good twenty twenty season. But I still like both of those players. And to see them walk or nobody come in as you mentioned is um pretty disappointing. It shows how low the Crows are. You know, I remember wasn't too long ago that Bryce Gibbs went to Adelaide, and not too long before that, Eddie Betts went to the Crows. You know, there are no longer any Eddie Betts or Bryce Gibbs since moving to Adelaide to play for the Crows anymore. You know, they could have gotten Fantasia, but Fantasia was like, nah, I want to play for a good team. I don't know if that's actually what he said, if that's the reason why I chose Port Adelaide. I assume it is. Because if, you, if you're if you Fantasia's age, why would you play? And you have an opportunity to play for either a really good team or a really bad team. Why would you choose the really bad team? I think I'm going to go for a 4.5 for the Adelaide Crows. Not too bad. If they nail the draft, it will be more like a 6. If they completely bomb it, then it's more like a 2. That all depends on the draft for them. Brisbane Lions. Liam, take it away.
1: I mean I mean as much as it would pain you to hear this but uh, they got a big time player. <laughs> uh you know they Danaher did. is yeah Donahue is a great player. Um if they can keep him fit and he can find his feet there I think that that is just about as good a forward line as the comps probably going to have um you know they've got I mean you name it, they've got it pretty much. Um, and then, you know, adding Cocker too as well, you know, he's a good option. Uh, so, okay, they lost, you know, Stephen Martin and uh, Witherden, but I don't think that those are huge losses, although Martin, you know, had been okay for them over the last couple of years. Um, obviously, their draft hand isn't all that good, obviously, because they did so well this year. Um, but to bring in, you know, a player of Danaher's ability... Um, again, required they can keep him fit, and he, you know, can uh, find his feet at Brisbane. I think that they've done pretty good to, you know, bring in a player like that. So I'd give them a, a solid six out of ten.
0: I mucked up the order of this podcast already. I didn't, I didn't discuss. Who I didn't mention who the Lions brought in and who left, but pretty much you mentioned it already. Stefan Martin went to the Dogs. Alex Witherden went to West Coast, I believe. Joe Danaher arrived from the Bombers. And Nakaya Cockatoo from Geelong. Uh, They have pick 25 as their earliest pick, and they don't have another pick inside the top 50 Brisbane. So you're right. Their draft hand isn't particularly strong. Uh, Their forward line, if Danaher and Nakaya Cockatoo can nab a spot in that forward line uh, most weeks if not every week, that forward line could be the most dangerous forward line in the competition and their midfield is already one of the strongest midfields in the competition uh, my major concern for Brisbane is their back line, with Withered and gone I think a lot is going to be left to Harris Andrews, who can who can handle it, undoubtedly. you know, I'm not saying that he can't, but that's a lot of pressure to put on just one player so, I think Brisbane, they've got to tackle ready made backmen, ready to go in the back line next year. Otherwise, they're going to concede some pretty heavy scores next season, Brisbane. Um, as for now, though, uh, I think I'm going to give them a seven. Pretty solid trade period for the Lions. Can't really complain. Uh, however, if Joe Danaher can't get his body right, in two to three years, we might look back on this trade period as an utter disaster for the Brisbane Lions. But I like Nakai Cocker, too. He's a great player, as is, obviously, Joey Danaher as well. Moving on to the Carlton Football Club. I'm just scrolling on this AFL website just to see if I can find – here they are. Okay, so they uh, no players left the Blues, which is pretty rare. Nobody left the Blues – Uh, Zach Williams from the Giants, Lucky Fogarty from the Adelaide Crows, and Adam Saad from Essendon. Arrived at the Blues. They only have three picks in the NAB draft though, 38, 48, and 78. Liam, where and how would you rank and describe Carlton's trade period?
1: Uh, I think, first of all, Lucky Fogarty came from Geelong, but um, Besides, that's besides oh, the point. I believe so, um, but I think that was it was a very successful trade period for um, Carlton. I, I was speaking to a close friend of mine, and he was pretty ecstatic. Um, obviously, like you said, there was no outs, but they did have uh, retirement in um, Cade Simpson. Who, uh, you know, as a half-backman myself in the past, you know, I've been compared to him by the person I was speaking to, and you know, he's an absolute legend. Wow yeah, high praise and probably not deserved, but uh, yeah, a great player and a big loss for Carlton, you know, a true legend for them. Um, So he was, you know, someone that they had to replace and they've gone out and done that uh, twofold with both Saad and Williams, you know, two elite uh, half-backmen. You know, Williams is on a very, very tidy pay package, um, which has to be, you know, said. But you know, I think Carlton are in a position where it's not the price that matters to them now. It's about you know, I think last year a lot of people early on in the season were thinking, well, last year, this year, um, a lot of people early on in the season were, you know, Carlton had a good start. They were thinking, can they push for you know, a final spot? And I wasn't convinced simply because I think their team lacked enough quality all over the field. But I think now they've really strengthened, especially off that half back line, and also with a bit of depth now with Fogarty coming in. Um, OK, they haven't got an overly um, you know, big draft hand with only three picks, uh, the earliest being number 38. But I think you know, Carlton have taken a different approach this year. They've kind of been going for the drafts the last couple of years and it's built a solid base for them moving forward. But I think now is more than ever the time for them to get a couple of established players. And I think bringing in Williams and Saad especially um, Really emphasizes that. So for me, it's got to be a seven out of ten for Carlton. Really strong trade period.
0: Fair enough. Yeah. No, I, I I could have sworn that Adelaide had a player named Fogarty, and they do. His name is Darcy Fogarty. Whoops, I'm losing it. I swear I'm losing it. With I I just I'm losing my touch. I'm losing my touch. Hey, if any if anyone who works for like Fox Footy, SCN. Anyone like that who covers AFL football, who's looking for like a commentator, I swear to God, I know my ish when it comes to this sport. I really do. I'm super knowledgeable. I don't have an excuse for getting the Fogarty's confused. They look nothing alike. I have absolutely no idea why I got them confused. Um, please don't judge my football knowledge based on this one episode of the podcast, please. Thank you. Or my other episode or the other episode where I called Adam trelaw Trelaw Adams. Uh, which we will get to very soon. We will get to Mr. Trelaw Adams very, very soon. But as for the Blues, I think they had a pretty solid trade period. Can't really argue with that. I like Fogarty. I like Williams. I like Saad. They're great players. Yeah, sure. It's, you know, it's a little bit concerning the fact that they only have picks 38, 48, and 78. Um, Ideally, they would have had something higher than that. But ultimately, I'm going to give them a solid 7.5. You no, know, it's hard to argue and with Fogarty and Saad and Williams mixed in there with with Crisp and um, and uh, oh my god my brain brain work please I've been awake for like an hour and a half brain why don't you work come on you can work for me god they have great players Carlton I can't remember any of their names but they've got great players moving on to Collingwood before I embarrass myself further Speaking of embarrassing oneself, the Collingwood Magpies, what the heck happened? Yikes. So much for side by side. Liam, I'll let you take this one. Oh, first, I should describe, in case anyone hadn't been following the trade period, let me just tell you what happened, right? Basically, Collingwood had four really good players. They all wanted to stay. Collingwood said, nah because they didn't manage their club financials properly, they had to kick them out ahead of next year. And all of a sudden, four players who wanted to stay at Collingwood find themselves no longer at Collingwood. Nobody arrived, and Collingwood only managed to net picks 14, 16, and I think pick like 70 or 75 for them. Excuse me, which is absolutely ridiculous. 75,
1: yeah.
0: Absolutely ridiculous. Ugh. Liam, take away take it away.
1: Yeah. Oh gosh. I mean, yeah, like you said, the main reason was the club finances, um, which was, you know, forced our hand essentially to let players go who ideally we would have kept. I mean I don't think any of the four players, you know, Phillips boss of <laughs> Boston of the <Villagi? laughs> uh, Stevenson and Trelaw. you know, the, okay. But just before people call me out on that name, I know who he is. I know how good he is. That last name is a name, which 90% of the footballing community will struggle with. So don't start on that. Um, but all four of those players um, either are, or are going to be great players. Trelaw is an elite midfielder. I will come out and say this, though. I am not as big a supporter of Trelaw as some people are. I do think he is very good. Oh. Uh, Phillips is a great, great goal-scoring uh, winger slash half-backman. Stevenson is, you know, well, he won the, uh, I can't remember what it was, but wasn't it
0: the NAB Rising
1: Star? Yeah, yeah. He got the NAB Rising Star in 2018. Had a year, he had this year, okay, wasn't very good, but he's still extremely talented. And then Boss of Village uh, um, had a couple of games in the seniors and looked very promising in all those that he did play. Um, and I was a little bit surprised that we were forced to let so many players go, considering we had quite a few retirements and delistings. Um, Varko and Dunn were two, uh, who I can remember. I think Sharonberg got delisted. So we had quite a few people off the list. So I was surprised that we were still forced to let so many go. Um, but what really surprised me was how easily we let them go. You know, like Stevenson and Bossa Benalaji, we really should have bargained better for, I think those two in particular, because Collingwood have crying out for a, a key forward and North Melbourne had one of the best in the comp over the last half decade or so. Okay, he wanted to go to Melbourne, but Collingwood could have used that as a reason to maybe try and lure him to Collingwood. Had they said, right, we'll give you these two, how about Ben Brown gets included in the deal of some kind? And I would have loved that personally, because I think that would have been a really good win-win in some senses for both clubs. But then we literally gave Phillips away to Hawthorne for pick 65, which is just outrageous. For me, he's like a top 20, top 30 pick at least. and then I'll look at you know Trulaw, which I think we got pick fourteen for, and maybe a couple of other you know lowly picks. I mean, it just got really, really. It went so south towards the end there. Um, and Collingwood are going to have to really, really hope that the draft gives them a couple of gems because it, it's been a really sour trade period for Collingwood. Um, I'll give them a three only because it it was kind of forced upon them and not so much out of choice.
0: Forced upon them? Sorry. They are (laughs) the ones who manage their own salary cap, right?
1: Yeah, but, you know, everyone (laughs) struggles with salary cap. (laughs) The salary cap should be, you know, very loose in my opinion. It's, It's very strict rules around that.
0: This is a problem when you sign a player like Chalor. When you sign any player for a long-term deal, you have to. you have to kind of move the salary cap around that? Uh, it reminds me of when the Swans kind of signed when they signed Buddy to ten years, and they had to let go of players, right? Pike retired. They just send Mumford to GWS. They had to get rid of a few players in order to let Buddy in on that massive deal. Sounds like Collingwood didn't do that. Sounds like Collingwood signed Trelaw up and then didn't get their salary cap in order in order to accommodate that deal. The Western Bulldogs should send Collingwood on Valentine's Day next year a box of chocolate and a thank you note because Collingwood has just given them the best midfield in the competition with Trelaw now and then, which we will get to towards the end of this podcast. But to only get picks 14, 16, 65, 70, 75, and 92 for the players that they lost is abysmal. I'm just reading here on this AFL website article on this trade period For Phillips, the guy who you talk about so highly, and a lot of people talk about so highly in the AFL, he's a good player. They got pick 65 for him. How does that make any sense? And that pick 14 that they got for Trelaw, they had to give the dogs picks 26, 33, and 42. How does that make any sense? How do you trade away one of your best players who, by the way, still had five years to go on his contract and you get one pick in return, but you have to give three picks as well. So you give three picks and one of your best players for one pick? Mate, I don't know what's happening at your club, but I like it because it's very funny. I mean, obviously for me, not so much for you. But it's very, it's very, it's confusing. I don't know what the heck has happened. And I feel, I feel for Trelaw and I feel for Stevenson because the way that they've been talking about their exit from Collingwood, it must be like mentally scarring. It must be mentally scarring. Um, Look, if I was a Collingwood supporter, this trade period would probably hurt a lot more than any grand final we've lost. Like any of the Grand Finals lost. This hurts way more than 2002. Way more than 2010, uh, 2011, sorry. Way more than 2018. But yet again, I'm not a Collingwood supporter, so I wouldn't know.
1: Mate, you don't know how accumulative the Grand Final defeats have become as a Collingwood supporter. (laughs)
0: Look, sure, sure. But at least with Grand Final defeats, you can kind of expect it from Collingwood. You don't expect trade periods like this from Collingwood. Anyone, there's always really. hope you can bounce back,
1: I suppose, too.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true. Can't uh, really bounce back from how, this. Yeah, yeah. I was about <laughs> to say, how has um how has, um the bounce back from the 2018 Grand Final loss been going for you guys, by the way? Moving oh, on to brilliant. the bombers. <laughs> Anaher, gone to Brisbane, Fantasia, gone to Port Adelaide. Those two were expected. Adam Sad to Calton was not. I'm not gonna lie, that one stings. But in return, we've got Jai Caldwell from the Giants, Nick Hind from the Saints, and two-meter Peter from the Gold Coast Suns. Now, Liam, uh, if you don't mind, I'll take the lead on this one. Look, not getting Dunkley hurts, but I do think the dogs asking price was a little bit too steep for him. So I'm glad we didn't give up what the dogs were asking for especially because in the last few years, we've seen players try to get to another club, those two clubs being unable to get to a deal. And then a year or two later, they go anyways. And as an Essendon supporter, I hope that's the same with Dunkley. I hope he follows in the step of Tim Kelly, going from Geelong to West Coast and um, down to her leaving Essendon. I... I really hope that he does that because we are crying out for a big body midfielder. We've been crying out for one ever since Joe Watson retired at the end of 2017. However, we did get some very exciting youngsters. I like Jai Caldwell. I think he's going to be a great player for us. I like Nick Hind. Welcome back to Essendon, by the way, Nick Hind used to be a VFL player of ours. Welcome back. And to me to Peter, will he be, more talented than Joey Danaher? Possibly, maybe, maybe not. Will he be less injury-prone than Joe Danaher? God, I hope so. I'm knocking on wood (laughs) like crazy. People seem to forget, though, when they're critiquing Essendon's trade period. Oh, you didn't get Josh Dunkley. And yeah, that's fair enough. That's a fair critique. We have three picks inside the top 10. That hasn't happened since the Giants were like babies in the competition this is potentially massive for the bombers if we can nail the first three picks the rest of the picks don't matter if we can nail the first three picks oh my goodness gracious me like that is a gold mine a gold mine um I think I said gold mined instead of gold mine, but you get what i 'm saying it's an exciting it's an exciting time to be an Essendon supporter, and I just hope that they target a big body midfielder, a preferably a defender as well because Michael Hurley is getting on in age as is kale hooker um, so you know eventually finding their replacements through the draft would probably be good for us but look honestly i i'm more of a glass half um glass half full uh, Essendon supporter when it comes to this trade period. So for me, for the first time in a long time on this podcast series, have very little to critique Essendon for.
1: Hmm. <laughs> okay. I mean, look, we, we just Oh, went wait, wait, down... wait. I've
0: got to give us a great I've got to give us a grade. Us a grade. Um, yes, good point. Just because all those three players haven't reached their full potential yet, so we don't know how good they're going to be, whereas we know that when Danaher and Fantasia aren't injured, we know how good they are, we know how good Saad is. I can't give Essendon a super high grade. I'm going to give them a six. I'm going to give them a six.
1: Okay. Um, That was kind of the point I was going to carry on from, with the fact you've lost four established players... For three. three players who we don't really know how good they're going to be yet. Obviously, they're, you know...
0: Who was the fourth player we lost? McKernan. Oh, okay. Touche, I yeah. forgot about McKernan. Look, I we just got to hope that 2 meter Peter and James Stewart and Sam Draper, when he floats into the forward line, can kick some goals <laughs> because otherwise we don't have a tall forward um, outside yeah. of those three players. I'm still shocked we got rid of Mitch Brown three uh, two years ago. A year ago? Two years ago? And I'm shocked that we got rid of McKernan. Like, it doesn't make any... Anyways, mm. sorry, you go.
1: Yeah, I mean, McKernan's had been such a good servant for you guys the last couple of years, and he'd been kind of a bit like the Meyer check for Collingwood. You know, that really good secondary forward who was just, you know, a couple of goals a game and take, you know, a couple of really good grabbers as well. Um, and Again, a lot like Majacek, um, just kind of like a, a really classic forward, you know, just kind of crunches the packs with marks. And like I said, kicks a couple of goals a game usually. Um, and to just kind of delist him, I was a little bit surprised. Okay, he's probably getting on in, you know, age a little bit, but I still think he has a bit left in the tank. I think St. Kilda would have done well getting him. Um, but yeah, he lost three quality players in Danaher, Saad, and Fantasia. Yes, your draft hand is exceptional you know three in the top 10 is absolutely remarkable but again just like the players you've brought in that's all down to chance in terms of you know first of all how well your draft and then how good the players you've already brought in um, how well they develop and how well those drafts develop so um, I still think it's a it's a slightly mediocre trade period uh, for Essenton just because they've lost, lost a lot of developed proven talent for a lot of we're not so sure as yet uh, with with potential, yes, but we're not sure. So I'm going to be kind of sit on the fence, give them a five.
0: To be fair, though, two out of the three players who we let go to other clubs this trade period have been the walking wounded for the last two or three seasons. Yes,
1: that is fair. But if you can keep them fit, we know what they're capable of.
0: That's very true. That's very true. And I wish Danaher, Fantasia and Saad all the best at their respective clubs um, the sad one hurts. If he was traded to anyone else except for, like, Calton, Collingwood, Hawthorne, or North Melbourne, I would have been fine. Like, if he'd gone to, like, the Saints or to, like, the Dogs, or to, like, Melbourne, I wouldn't have mind. But to Carlton, uh, that one hurts. I'll be honest <laughs> with you, folks, that one really hurts. Moving on! To the Fremantle Football Club, and the name on everyone's lips when it comes to the Dockers' trade period is Jesse Hogan. Uh, I think what the AFL's uh, article on the trade period says about Fremantle is very true. When it says here, the decision to pay such a high price for him, him being Jesse Hogan, two seasons ago it's a deal that should be judged harshly that is very true Uh, hindsight is always just the worst just the absolute worst right but in hindsight this is a terrible that was a terrible trade and it turned out to be an even hard like it's it's such a bad trade for Fremantle in hindsight right and everyone wished that when we make decisions, we knew the outcomes of said decisions. I think at the time, Fremantle were crying out for a big full forward, kind of like how Essendon has missed a big-body midfielder since Joe Watson retired. Fremantle hasn't really had a consistent big-bodied forward since Pavlich retired. And so they probably looked at Jesse Hogan and thought, ah, he's had a couple of good seasons at Melbourne, one kind of off season." but he's a big body midfielder. You know, the upside is really, really good if it does that to be really good for us. And he hasn't. Aside from that, they were really quiet frame agile. No trading future picks. No bringing in future picks. No anything, really. I think they maybe got a draft pick for Jesse Hogan, and that was it. But the Jesse Hogan one, Unless they draft someone who's a big, talented forward with the potential to develop into the next Pavlich with one of their three draft picks, I don't know who else they have who can be that big forward. Maybe Matt Tabiner. Potentially Matt Taberna. But yeah, that's about it. It's a really disappointing trade period for the Fremantle Dockers, Uh, you may hear a little bit of barking uh, because somebody has just rung the doorbell. Um, I'm going to give Fremantle a four just because of the Jesse Hogan one. Um, Yeah, some might say that that's a bit harsh, but ultimately, there's a pretty disastrous trade for Fremantle. Is it too harsh to judge one's trade period based on a trade period from two or three years ago? Yeah, potentially. Anyways, Liam, how did the Fremantle boys do?
1: Yeah, um, I'm with you. I don't think that. If, I mean, I'm a big fan of Longmore. Obviously, his former Collingwood staff. Uh, I think he's doing good things at Fremantle. I think they had a good year. A lot of positives for them. Um, but yeah, I, I think that trade period was pretty uneventful and just mediocre, really, for, for Fremantle. Nobody in. You know, they have one good draft pick and then a mediocre one and then one fairly low draft pick. So nothing overly exciting. You know, they could get a couple of decent players maybe, but again, that's all speculative uh, based on how they draft. And then, yeah, they lost someone who... Yeah, I mean, he's been a good player at times. He hasn't been a good player at times, but... um, yeah, it was just a, a pretty lackluster trade period for for Fremantle. I don't think there's anything that's you know giving much hope to Fremantle fans trade period-wise. I think they had a good year, but I don't think the, the trade period would be getting Fremantle fans uh, off their seats, to say the least. So I'm probably with you with saying a, a four is a fair mark to give them, essentially.
0: My lovely neighbour has just dropped off a delicious treat that she has just baked. So uh, thank you, dear Alif, if you're listening to this. It looks absolutely delicious. Uh, Speaking of wonderful things, Geelong's trade period. Well, that went pretty much to plan for Geelong. Pretty much to plan for Geelong. Brought in Jeremy Cameron. Brought in Isaac Smith. That was the one that shocked me, right? Because Jeremy Cameron... That had been discussed for pretty much a year that he was going to go to Geelong. So not that much of a surprise. Sean Higgins that had been discussed for a while, so that wasn't a big surprise. Isaac Smith, that trade came out of absolutely nowhere for me. At least I don't remember reading anything about him leaving earlier in the year. Three talented players that will slot straight into their team. As a result, they only have two draft picks, and the lowest one is pick 51. The other one being pick 96. Look, to be honest with you, Geelong has had a great trade period. I love all three of those players they brought in. My major problem for Geelong is that they now have, by far and away, I think they have the oldest list in the competition. They had, I think, the oldest list in the competition this year anyways. And now they're bringing in two out of three players they're bringing in are getting on. You know, Higgins is getting on. Isaac Smith is getting on. Jeremy Cameron, eh, kind of young, but, you know, getting – I reckon he's probably past the midway point of his career. It's a massive risk for Geelong. Basically, they're playing for the flag. If they, if they don't win the flag in 2021 or 2022, then that's, that's going to be it. Because was going to retire sooner rather than later. Dangerfield is going to retire sooner rather than later. And I know that kind of sounds impossible because Dangerfield is just a god on the football field who can do no wrong. But he's getting on in age. You're bringing in Sean Higgins. He probably won't play with you guys for too long. You're bringing in Isaac Smith probably won't play with you guys for too long Tom Hawkins is probably going to retire soon I reckon that when all those retirements happen there's going to be a massive drop-off for Geelong as a result of selling or way or giving away all their draft picks this year pretty much but yeah look ultimately I don't I don't mind it um but if they do don't manage to win the flag the next couple of years, this trade period is gonna be looked back on as an absolute calamity for the cats. A catastrophe, if you will. <laughs> oh, thank you, I'll be here all month. Anyways, Liam, all right, I gotta give a grade. Geelong, I'll give them a, an 8.5 with an asterisk that if in two years they don't win a flag and all the retirements happen, it will get knocked down to like a 3.5. Anyways, Liam, go ahead.
1: Yeah, I pretty much agree on all of that. It's kitchen sink material here from Geelong. Um, it's like they're throwing everything at the next couple of years, and if they don't manage things correctly in these next couple of years, they could end up seeing themselves... Well, let's just say not where they are now. Yeah. Um, You know, with all credit to Geelong, the last thirteen or so years, they've done a great job of being consistently an elite club. They've only missed one final series in the last, I think, thirteen years. So they have done really well. You know, to kind of manage their list over the course of a period of time that they have. Um, With that being said, though, this could be one of those trade periods that could be one that in a couple of years' time could look could be looked back at as. Kind of Geelong selling out their future, so to say, um, but at least for the next year or two, they've done a great job bringing in Isaac Smith, Sean Higgins, Jeremy Cameron. You know, three established, you know, quality players uh, who, no doubt, for the next you know 12, 24 months at least, for, with uh, Smith and Higgins, will serve them well, I and mean, then Cameron probably for a good half decade at least. Um, you know, they have, you know, three quality players. No one's doubting that. And, you know, they lost a couple of players, Fogarty and Cockatoo, a couple of fringe players more so. But their draft pick is, you know, very, very mediocre. They had to trade out a lot of their reasonable picks in order to get the players they did. Um, So I'm not going to be too harsh, but I'm also not going to be too uh, generous just because of the the long-term predicament they could put themselves in if they don't manage this correctly. So I'll give them a seven.
0: Moving on to the suns from the Gold Coast sky.
1: Uh, Uh, I think you need to come a bit closer, Casper. We can't hear you too good.
0: Is this better? Is this better? Tell me, am I getting getting warmer? Am I getting warmer? There we go. Sorry, I had to move it out of the way while you were talking so I can eat that delicious (laughs) Take that, my neighbor just brought over. Um, Look, the Gold Coast Suns, they said goodbye to to me to Peter. They brought in, though, Roy Atkins and Oleg Markov from Adelaide and Richmond, respectively. They still have a pick inside the top 10 at number 5. They also have picks 27, 37, 76, and 84. How would you rate the second youngest club in the competition based on this trade period?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's a a reasonably positive trade period. Brought in a couple of good players. Okay, they lost two-meter Peter. um, But they've got, uh, you know, a top five uh, draft pick and then a couple of reasonably placed picks before a couple of lowly picks as well. Um, I think, you know, there's not too much, you know, uh, bad news there for Gold Coast. I don't think it's... You know, a trade period which lights the world on fire. But at the same time, I don't think there's too much to be frowned upon. Um I think it's just, you know, a, you know, a solid 6 out of 10 for me. Nothing too crazy, but nothing that you'd be sitting there face palming yourself over either.
0: Yep, I would agree with that. I like Markov. I like Atkins. They're two great players. Um They bring in experience. Markov, yet another Tiger the Suns are bringing in trying to build a winning culture up there on the Gold Coast. And it's good to have some guys who have come from a winning culture to help try and build that and establish that at your team. And I really like that. And Roy Atkins, don't forget, not too long ago, he was one of Adelaide's best players um, back when they, you know, weren't utter, utter, utter trash as a club. Um, look, I like this. I like this trade period for the Suns. Losing to me to Peter will hurt, though, especially because King is such a great forward but who do you have as a backup in case god forbid he gets injured who do you have that can stand up and say while he's recovering i'll take the reign as our number one forward who do you have and i think losing two meter peter really hurts the sons there but, um, yeah, thank you for sending him our way, Gold Coast. I'll give the Suns a 6.5 rating. Moving on to the Giants. Uh, speaking of Giants, Giant Exodus. Uh, they said goodbye to – this is quite a list – Jai Caldwell, Jeremy Cameron, Aiden Kaur, Zach Langdon, and Zach Williams. But they did say hello to Jesse Hogan and Braden Proust, so that was something. They have two picks – Sorry, they have four picks inside the top twenty the giants uh which is amazing i hadn't didn't know that before I'm just reading this my eyes are bulging out of my head that's amazing and they have another pick inside the top fifty as well as fifty two seventy four and eighty eight liam, how did the g men go with this
1: the g men indeed um, the G-men. Inter- <laughs> interesting way to put it um It seems like it's a bit of a reset at the Giants. They had a a, a really poor year and it's like the alarm bells are going off and they've just kind of hit the reset button and they're like, let's just kind of build up from the ground again. Um, So they've let a couple of really good players go, um, gotten quite a few good draft picks in return and then also brought in a couple of players who, again, could go well on, could not. We'll see how that goes. Uh, namely Jesse Hogan there, I suppose. Um, But, I mean, like I said, I think a lot of it rests on how their draft period goes. Um, You know, four top 20 picks is great if they draft well. If they don't, it's been a pretty poor trade period. Um, To lose the players they did, you know, Cameron, Williams, Core, Langdon and Caldwell, that's that's a lot to lose. Um, So... Uh, I'll give them a. I'll give them a four just because they've got the draft picks.
0: Yep, yep. Fair enough. I ugh. look a four might be a little bit harsh. Um, although that being said, though, you look at the list. You look at the names going, and we criticise Collingwood for mismanaging their. Salary cap, this is a classic example of the Giants doing that, and yet nobody's jumping down GWS's throat. Perhaps because the Giants, the last few seasons, have had a constant stream of players leaving the door. And that's a major problem for the Giants. And I think this year it's reached a crescendo. Uh, Jeremy Cameron losing to 2019 Coleman medalist to a premiership fellow Premiership contender, that hurts. Um, losing exciting youngsters like Jai Caldwell and Zach Landon and Zach Williams really hurts. Aiden the solid player too. That hurts. Jesse Hogan, can he be as good as Jeremy Cameron? That's the gamble that they've taken. Braden and Pruss, uh, Pruss I like him. Yeah, as a backup to Shane Mumford when Mumford eventually retires, and as a backup to Sam Jacobs as well, I like him. He's a good Ruckman. Can he become a great Ruckman, though? That's the question. Can he fill, fulfill that step? and challenge the likes of Brody Grundy, Max Gorn. Um, don't know of any other great Ruckmans in the competition. Nat Nui. Uh, I was just about to say, I Nat
1: was like, Nui. careful, Cusby. you're about to put a scalp on your head for that.
0: <laughs> Nat Nui. Can he become as great as those players? Maybe, maybe not. It's a risky gamble. I do like the fact that they have four picks inside the top 20. Uh, that is a quite a handy quite a handy hand, especially one being inside the top 10. Ugh.
1: Handy hand. Handy hand. interesting way. (laughs) It's a a handy handy hand he's got there.
0: As opposed to a hand in a hand that's not so handy. Anyways, um, I think this trade period uh, would hurt the Giants a lot. Would hurt as a Giant supporter. And because of the amount of names and the names that they've, not just the amount of plays, but the names that they've let go of the Giants, I, I can't give them more than a four. Which I think is exactly what you said. So I, I started off by saying four might be a bit too harsh. And then I basically agreed with you. Moving on to the Hawthorne Hawks. The mighty, not so mighty anymore Hawthorne Hawks. They let go of Isaac Smith went to Geelong, which must hurt as a Hawthorne supporter to see a fan-favorite play for your arch-rival, one of your arch-rivals. But they had, the AFL article here, describes the Tom Phillips trade as the steal of the trade period, it was one of the steals of the trade period, one of the bargains. I would say it is the steal of the trade period. It is phenomenal. How you managed to do that, Hawthorne, I do not know. And you still have a pick inside the top 10 at number four. And you have a pick at number 24, 45, 46, 49, and 72. That's a pretty decent draft hand. Overall, though, uh, I'm not convinced that enough has changed at Hawthorne, where they will suddenly be a lot better than they were this year, next year. But it's a step in the right direction. Now, they brought in good, young, talented players. And Alistair Clarkson is a genius. He's a genius. So, no matter who's coaching, he's going to get the best out of them. So, for me, we're going to have to give them a solid seven. Very good trade period for Hawthorne. Liam, uh, how about you? Your opinion on the Hawks?
1: Yeah, agreed. It was a solid. Uh... Trade period, um, you know, like you said, losing Isaac Smith is never a good news for a Hawthorne fan. One of the, you know, infamous three-peat heroes um, and someone who's just been, you know, an absolute legend for them over the last decade or so. Um, and to lose him to Geelong is just like an extra kick in the teeth. Um, but I think when you look back and you consider, you know, that Smith is in his early 30s now, uh, you know, 32 this year, um, you know he's probably got a couple of years in him and then he will probably start be thinking about retirement so I don't think it's I, I don't think that trade was done without long term thought um, so for that I, I can kind of you know sit, sit there and be like okay I see what you're doing there uh, and yeah I mean oh, okay I'm not going to get into it but yes they did get one of the steals of the trade period let's just end it there uh, on Phillips,
0: uh-huh.
1: and and they've got a good draft hand. You know, Hardigan's a good player. Um, like you said, I don't think they're going to all of a sudden be, you know, a top four contender, you know, next year. I don't think it's a sort of window which is going to change drastically, but I do think it's building blocks for something in two, three years' time for Hawthorne. Um, so I'm with you. I think it's, I'll go seven and a half. I think it was a solid, solid trade period by Hawthorne.
0: Fair enough. Well done, Alistair Clarkson. Now on to the mighty Melbourne Demons. As I scroll to where Melbourne is ranked, here we go. The AFL, article ranked Melbourne 6th. They gave them an 8 out of 10, (laughs) which is fair enough. Draft picks, 18, 19, 28, 50, 89. They said goodbye to Bruce and Mitch Hannon, but they said hello to one frizzied haired Ben Brown. Based on that alone, I'm giving Melbourne a, a nine. Like, it's, it's just that good of a trade, period. I don't think I have to explain <laughs> myself for that, right? Like, Melbourne, Ben Brown could be the full forward that they've been crying out for since Russell Robinson retired. They haven't had a forward that good. That's a
1: long time.
0: Yeah, it's a long time. They haven't had a forward as good, as consistent as Russell Robinson as Ben Brown is since Russell Robinson retired. And it'll take the pressure off of McDonald and he'll hopefully put a little bit of pressure on Sam Wiedemann. He hasn't performed that well since the twenty eighteen Freeland final. So hopefully he can help Wiedemann don't want to say get his act together, but get his act together. You know, reached a 2018 form. Ultimately, this is fantastic from Melbourne. Um, Questions still on their defense, questions still on their midfield. But with that forward line with Ben Brown, it's just amazing. So I think for them, it's a massive win. Massive win. Nine out of ten. Well done, Melbourne.
1: Yeah, I think it, I'm agreed on that. I think it was a good trade period for Melbourne. Um, like you said, a couple of flags do, you know, start to wave when you think, hmm, have they done enough to solidify that defence? Have they done enough to, you know, invest in the future of that midfield? You know, with uh, Nathan Jones probably going to call it quits at the end of next season. Um, I guess that's what they're hoping they could potentially get in the draft. Potentially get a couple of players defensively and, uh, in the midfield. But I mean, yeah, getting Ben Brown in like first of all, okay, with all due respect, Melbourne fans, I don't know why he wanted to go to you, but kudos for wrapping that deal up because that's a great move. I don't know how you pulled it off, but kudos. <laughs> um so yeah, I'm with you. Uh, you know, losing Hannon and Proust isn't good. I think that they're two players who definitely could serve a purpose moving forward, but I think overall, it's uh, I mean, getting Ben Brown and still having two top 20 draft picks, two or three top 30 even draft picks is a, a, a strong, strong trade period. So, I'm going to give them an 8 out of 10.
0: Yep. Yep, we're both pretty high on the demons. That is for sure. North Melbourne is next. They say goodbye to Sean Higgins and Ben Brown. That's got to hurt. But they bought in two young gems from Collingwood. Lockie Young and Aiden Kaur. They have two picks inside the top 15. One at number two, the other one at number 11. Picks 30, 39, 71, and 81 also. Liam, and I see the look on your face here. You're not looking too pleased with having to talk about this one. So I'll let you start. How did the Kangaroos do? I can't
1: escape this. It just feels like, you know, we'll go one club well, I don't have to discuss Collingwood in the next club. Something Collingwood-related comes up again. Oh, here we go again. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a great trade period by North Melbourne. Two great young former Collingwood players. Uh, you know, Lockie Young and Aiden Core, two, again, good players. They lost, you know, a couple of good experienced players. But again, you know, similar to the Isaac Smith move that Hawthorne made, I don't think too many people would be smashing tables over Sean Higgins departing. He'd been a, He'd been a great pickup for them. The time that he, you know he took his game from what was already an impressive level at the Bulldogs to an even better level uh, at North Melbourne, so he was a great player for them. They did really well to get him over there. But he's at that age now where you know moving him on isn't necessarily a bad idea. And I mean, losing Ben Brown is pretty horrific, though. Um, no one's going to deny that. Such a quality player. Even if he does make you wait for that run-up, you know it's worth it when he slots them up just about every single time. Uh, And they've still got a really good draft hand. So I don't think it's as awful a window as it would first appear when you consider that Ben Brown's departed because they did bring in quite a lot of talent and they've still got a reasonably good draft hand. So I'll reluctantly still give them a five and a half.
0: Five and a half, wow, now, I think that is a little bit too harsh, but yeah, you know, look fair enough it's hard to it's hard to argue with that. I think losing Ben Brown and Sean Higgins, you lose your best forward and one of your best midfielders, two areas of the ground that's pretty bare, but you bring in so many exciting young players, finally, North Melbourne. Last year, my major critique with North Melbourne, one of many, was their lack of good players, their lack of talented, young, good players. I thought that they were relying too much on older players, too much on the likes of Goldstein, Higgins, and Cunnington. But to be honest with you, I think, yeah, look, (sighs) Stevenson is going to be a great player too as well. Young and Aiden Kaur... Also very good players. Ultimately, I like this trade period from North Melbourne. I'm going to give it a six just because we don't quite know the full potential of these four young players. And while that's really exciting, it's also a little bit of a gamble. Having picked two definitely helps their rebuild as well. North Melbourne may not totally suck next year. Maybe. I mean, they probably will. But maybe not. Who knows? North Melbourne may manage For to
1: Must be hearing it wrong. Surely not Casper giving North Melbourne supporters hope. Look. Can't be right. You guys
0: aren't going to make the finals next year. Nowhere near it. (laughs) But you might not totally suck next year maybe maybe not who knows anyways moving on to a team that doesn't suck and a team that somehow has gotten even better the Port Adelaide Power nobody left and in the door came Razio Fantasia BT's favorite player and Aaliyah Aaliyah now they don't have a lot of high draft picks they don't really need them though picks 35 47 57 59 73 and 95 this is a 10 out of 10 draft period for me. This is the best draft period of anyone in the competition. They have, if, if they can get Fantasia and his body right, it's an 11 out of 10 trade period. I mean, they didn't have to give up too much for Fantasia. They didn't have to give up too much for Aaliyah. I mean, Aaliyah is the stunning one, right? That one is the incredible one. And as a Sydney and an Essendon supporter, that one (laughs) hurts. I really like
1: it. Port Adelaide just come and slapped you across the face, haven't they? One side with one hand and the other with the other.
0: Back slap, back slap, (laughs) uppercut. Look, I really like this trade period for Port Adelaide and they're already a great team anyways. It's not like they needed more talented players, but they got it. So ultimately, it's a 10 out of 10 trade period for the power. Well done, Ken Hinckley, and well done, Koshi. What about you, Liam? Did the power from Port succeed this trade period or not?
1: Well, you heard it here first, guys. Casper McLeod is going to be a Port Adelaide supporter next year, by the sounds of it. He's, you know, <laughs> just seen two great players go from his clubs he's currently supporting to Port, and he's satisfied with how they've done in the trade period. You heard Port it here Adelaide, first.
0: Port Adelaide came to Dubai in 20, the 2013 and 2014 off-seasons, and they came and had a couple of training sessions with Ozkirk here in Dubai, which my mum and dad were running for a little bit. Shout out to you, mum and dad, listening to this podcast. And they gave all the kids there footballs. And I managed to nab a couple of them. One of which I think we got signed and the other one we haven't. I've been walking around with this football, kicking it around the house ever since then. Thankfully, I haven't broken anything. I don't know how. I haven't broken a lamp or a TV yet. I love this football and I'm very grateful for Port Adelaide for doing that. If, if they get rid of Koshi, I would love Port Adelaide. If they, if they just got rid of Koshi, I would love the power. But anyways. <laughs> I'm pretty, pretty hopeful on the power next year. Liam, take it away. What about you?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you've covered most of it. It's a very successful trade period for Port Adelaide. Um, yeah, okay, they haven't got too many high draft hands, but draft picks, I should say. Um, but they, yeah, they don't really need them. They've got a strong team, uh, which has a good balance of young, old, and, you know, middle-aged players, middle-aged I'm talking about you know middle of their career, not literal middle-aged players. If that was the case, you'd probably be a little bit concerned about their. You'd think they are job pretty much at that point. Um, but I think they've got a good age balance, and I think they've strengthened really well with Aaliyah Lear and uh, Orazio Fantasia. So, you know, not much you can really point the finger at for Port Adelaide doing wrong. Uh, seven and a half out of ten.
0: Port Adelaide, well done. It's more than a sport sometimes. It's also all about what you do off field. And off field, Port Adelaide's kicking all the goals, all the goals, taking all the speckies. Just, uh, they're breathtaking to watch on and off the field, Port Adelaide. Honestly, just absolutely incredible. If only they could win a premiership. Anyways, uh, <laughs> Richmond Tigers, pretty quiet trait period for the reigning premiers. Uh, Oleg Markov off to the Suns, Jack Higgins off to the Saints nobody arrived draft picks 17, 36, 61, 79 and 97 Liam how well did the Tigers do in this trade period? Did they do well? Did they not do well?
1: I think it's pretty just standard Um, I mean when you've won what three premierships in the last four years I guess they'd go in with the, the motto if it ain't broke don't fix it um, and you can't really argue because everything just seems to keep coming up trumps for Richmond, um, as much as it pains me to say. But, um, okay, yeah, they lost Markov and Higgins, two players who, you know, have done good things for them over the course of their careers there, but I don't think they're going to be losses, which Richmond fans are going to be thinking, oh, that's going to come back and bite us, you know, in three years' time. Don't get me wrong, they are good players, but I don't think they're irreplaceable. And they've got a couple of reasonable draft uh Picks, so I think it's pretty standard. I think it's a five and a half because I got a couple of good draft picks.
0: I'm going to go with the five. You know, average trade period. Jack Higgins hurts. You know, he's a he's a fan favorite. Losing him for what they for what they got in return, it just it it hurts. Um, never really got an opportunity to see him fulfill his potential at Richmond um, due to. Unfortunate and rather horrible circumstances. Uh hopefully his career at St. Kilda is a fruitful one. But yeah, I think, you know, ultimately their draft hand is pretty solid considering they just won the premiership. They've won three out of the last four years. Jeez, what a juggernaut the Tigers are. Richmond, do us a favor and don't win a premiership for at least two or three seasons. Give the rest of us a chance, will you? Anyways. Uh, yeah, look, a solid five for the Tigers. It's okay. You know, it's all right. Uh, moving on to the St. Kilda Saints, one of the most exciting clubs in the trade period, uh, in the season last year, excuse me, and in the trade period. Remember the trade period they had last year? They were undoubtedly the winners of last year's trade period. And unlike the Dockers when they brought in Jesse Hogan's last year's trade gambles for the Saints have paid off thus far, especially Dougal Howard. What an absolute superstar he's been for them. This trade period, they said goodbye to Nick and went to Essendon, Arrive in, in is Brad Crouch, Sean McKernan, and Jack Higgins. Now, Brad Crouch is going to be, oh, sorry, I should also mention they have picks 21, 64, 67, 74, and 93. Now, to give uh, Nick Hind to the Bombers probably hurts a little bit, but Nick Hind was on the outer at the Saints anyways because St. Kilda's midfield is just that good. He wasn't getting enough game time. Ultimately, not a major loss. Brad Crouch coming in adds experience, right? And don't forget, he did play in the grand final in 2017, so that's going to help add a finals experience when the Saints, when they inevitably get there again. Sean McKernan is a solid goal-kicking option. He just needs to become more consistent. You mentioned how he'd been a solid contributor to the Bombers. Yeah, he had been when he was playing well and when he wasn't injured. You know, unfortunately for him, he just didn't do that frequently enough. And Jack Higgins is a major win for the Saints here with that trade with Richmond. Fantastic get for the Saints. I think it's going to be an exciting, exciting, exciting youngster. I'm going to give them a 9.5. Solid trade period for St. Kilda. The big scores coming in in the second half of the AFL alphabet ladder, Liam, how about you?
1: Yeah, not again, another club who, uh, you know, there's not much you can really uh, say they did wrong. Um, you know, Brad Crouch, you know, quality player. Uh, Higgins has a lot of room for improvement moving forward. Already a, you know, promising youngster. That was a throw, though. I have to say I'm not going to let that go ever. That's going to always be a throw, in my opinion. Uh, and Sean McKernan, obviously, yeah, good, just kind of, um, just does his role. You know, he'll take a couple of marks, he'll kick a couple of goals, he'll serve you well. Um, yeah, like you said, losing Nick Hines, a bit of a blow. Um, but, you know, I, again, it's not like, yeah, I don't think losing him is something they, they're going to be, you know, looking at in a couple of years again and saying that was, you know, an awful move. Uh, you know, the draft hand's reasonable. Got one reasonably early pick at 21, and then it kind of dwindles off after that. It's overall, though, a fairly positive uh, trade period. So I'll give St. Kilda a
0: 7.5. Yep. Hard to argue with what you just said. Saints, once again, I don't know what it is. You know, a decade, nearly a decade of mediocrity from St. Kilda, and all of a sudden... They're acting like they're the best team in the competition. Good on them, though. I hope that they win the premiership soon. That's the halo
1: best. is truly over their heads at the moment, it seems. Oh, God.
0: Just anyway, <laughs> Moving on. I thought I was bad with puns, but Jesus. Anyways, <laughs> moving on. The Sydney Swans. Not even Jesus could help you with that pun there, my friend. Moving on to the Sydney Swans. They said goodbye to Aaliyah Aaliyah. That one hurts. That one is enough for me to give the Swans negative points. But they brought in Tom Hickey, and they needed Tom Hickey. They needed a good Ruck option because, man, the Swans, at, at points in the 2020 season, they had to play Aaliyah, Aaliyah in the Ruck. Like, that's how bad the Swans-Ruck situation was, that they had to play Aaliyah, Aaliyah, an established defender, in the Ruck just because they didn't have any Ruckman on the list actually not injured. So it's good that they got another Ruckman. And I like Tom Hickey. I think he's a solid choice for them. Uh, but, man, losing Aaliyah, Aaliyah, that one hurts. That one really does. Oh, they also have picks three, 31, 34, 43, 60, and 82. I like the Swans drafting. They, it's rare for me. I can't remember the last time they drafted a dud. They almost always do really well in the draft. And so I'm confident that they're not going to squander pick three. Uh, or any of their other picks. So I really liked it. I really like it. Next couple of years might hurt for the Swans, um, but don't think that another premiership isn't too far off for Sydney. But losing to Leo, Leo hurts. So I'm giving them a
1: 5.5. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm kind of with you there. I don't think it was an awful trade period, but I don't think it was a win either. Um, you know, like you said, he does offer... A much needed option in the ruck, that um, I don't know why they had to let Ali Ali go. I just don't see why that was something that they felt the need to do. Um, he was someone who had been a really good player for them over the last couple of years, so very surprised to see that go through. I was that kind of raised a few eyebrows I think uh, mine included. Um, I
0: think he wanted to go
1: Yeah, can't blame him too much if I'm being honest. But from Sydney's perspective, I would have fought probably a bit harder to try and keep a hold of him. But, yeah, you know, sometimes you've just got to let the play go if they really want to get out. Um, and, yeah, like you said, they've got a reasonable draft hand. Uh, one very good pick, obviously. Um, so, yeah, I'm kind of with you. I think it was just kind of a pretty stock standard trade period. Five out of five sounds about right to me too.
0: Yeah, solid, solid effort from the Swans. Moving on to the big birds, the self-declared kings of the big game. Uh, Jeez, can you think of a more cocky theme song? Side note, can you think of a more cocky theme song in the competition than the West Coast Eagles? I tell you what, absolute cringeworthy lyrics. But anyways, we're not here to critique. (laughs) We're not here. Oh, jeez. I just know, I know that. I've just lost a bunch of West Coast Eagles supporters for saying what I just did. But look, I'll stand by it. Your theme song is far too cocky for a club that has only won four flags in its history thus far. But moving on to their trade period, Tom Hickey left to the Sydney Swans, but they brought in Zach Langdon from the Giants, a solid player, might I add. I really like Zach Langdon. This is, I reckon, one of the steals of the trade period. Alex Witherden from Brisbane. One of Brisbane's best defenders and someone who could become Jeremy McGovern's successor. I really like this trade period from West Coast. Although losing Hickey is a little bit problematic as is the fact that their highest pick is pick 62. So I'm giving them a six. A little bit hard to, because again right with Witherden and with Langdon it's the potential for those two players. So I think in a couple of years' time, we need to come back and judge the West Coast Eagles uh, trade period. But I think it's a solid six.
1: Yeah, I'm with you there. I think, you know, like you said, their draft picks aren't too good, but Langdon and Witherden are two good promising players. So I think they countered their pretty poor draft picks by getting a couple of good young players in the trade period. Um, and, I mean, it's strange how many Ruckman West Coast have let go in the last three, four years, um, namely um, Hickey and uh, his name's escaped me. He went to Port Adelaide last year or the year before, played in the Premiership for them. What's his name? He's got the, the Mo Lyseth. Right. There you go. Oh, so, uh, yeah, yeah, the
0: uh, massive 1860s-style moustache. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so it seems like they're very, very happy with Nat Nui and what they've got there because they seem to just let Ruckman walk through the door as if they're, you know, coming off a conveyor belt. Um, But yeah, I'm with you there. I think it was, you know, just a solid trade period from West Coast. Uh, I agree. I think a six is justified.
0: And moving on to the Western Bulldogs... The aforementioned best midfield in the competition. Look, the AFL has given the Dogs a 10 out of 10. I'm not, so, I'm not quite that positive on the Bulldogs. I'll be completely honest with you. Just because <sighs> with Dunkley, with a player who wants to go, it's always a risk about whether or not you can convince them to stay the next trade period and you always run the risk of that name then becoming the biggest talking point of the next season which of course then could become a massive distraction now he could do a Tom Papley and change his mind late in the 2021 season that he wants to stay or he could do a Tim Kelly and try to leave for Tullamarine once again next year if you keep in 2022 the year after that. Their midfield is undoubtedly now the best midfielder in the competition. I actually don't think they can fit all their talent plays in that midfield. Like, that's how good it is. But that forward line is a massive question mark still. Especially if Josh Bruce can't regain, recapture his earlier form at St. Kilda. If he can't do that, then it could be a very lean year for the Dogs, i think a lot of people are expecting the dogs to challenge for the flag down with that midfield but your midfield it doesn't matter how good your midfield is if you can't kick goals and ultimately i still don't know how good their forward line is going to be but they did manage to nab tralor in one of the steals of the trade period i'm sure they're planning their i'm sure they are already planning Uh, Valentine's Day gift that they're going to get Collingwood next year. Look, it's a great trade period, but it could have been better. It could have been more targeted towards areas where they actually needed development, where they needed something else, where they needed depth, like the forward line. The back line, too. They didn't need extra midfield depth, but they got it. I'll give them an 8.5.
1: Yeah. um, Collingwood back in again. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, they got Trelaw. So, you know, kudos to them for that. Another great player. Um, And, yeah, I do agree with you that they didn't probably target the right areas enough. Um, You know, they've still got a reasonable draft hand, not anything crazy but it's quite consistent they've got four top 50 picks stretching in the second half of the the 50 and then an early 50s pick as well so they're probably not going to get anything crazy out of that potentially we never know obviously the draft pick has given a a couple of absolute stunning players in later numbers um but you know (sighs) Yeah, it, it's hard to argue that they had a crazily good trade period just because they didn't get players in positions that they needed. But at the same time, they did secure further midfield depth, which, yeah, like you said, puts them with probably the best midfield in the comp. I mean, you know, Bontempelli and Trelaw and McRae and Hunter and uh, Bailey Smith. And uh, it, it honestly is just endless. At this point, you might as well just you know, put it this way, no Bulldogs midfielder is probably going to get within the top 10 of the Brownlow list simply because they're all going to be taking votes off of each other at this point. Like, no one in that, you know, midfielder is going to be able to say solidly, oh, yep, I'm 100% going to be in the top 10 next year because if Bontempele is going to get votes, the next game Trelaw is going to get votes. And if Trelaw gets votes, the next game Bailey Smith's going to get votes. And it's just like a a constant rotation of who gets the votes in that midfield. Requiring, of course, that they do win. But yeah, strong window um, could have been better. So we'll go with seven and a half because Trelaw is just too good a you know a player to snatch to not give them a strong mark for.
0: And now that we have discussed all of the teams and their trade period and given them a ranking, Liam, what is your in your opinion which team has had the Best trade period, and which team has had the worst?
1: Oh, I already know who I'm giving the worst to, so I'll start with that. That's going to uh-huh. be Collingwood. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. unless we do something crazy in the draft, there's no coming back from the 2020 tra- trade period. Okay, enough said, not going to dwell on it. Um, wow. as, f- as for the best, There's a couple of contenders. It's hard to say, to be honest. I look at a couple of different teams and I think they've done really good. I look at um, Carlton. I look at... I'm just thinking, just thinking. I look at Port Adelaide. I look at St Kilda. Uh, Port Adelaide. I think that they didn't do anything wrong. And I think they've brought in a couple of quality players. So, I mean... If you're a Port Adelaide fan, and if you're for some reason saying they did something, literally anything wrong in that trade period, I don't know what you're doing. Because for me, it was a near perfect trade period for Port Adelaide. So I'll give them my best trade period spot.
0: I was really hoping you wouldn't say Port Adelaide and Collingwood because that's my two picks as well (laughs) and I was hoping that we'd have different answers but that's okay look it has to be Collingwood for last place I'm sorry Liam but if it was possible to get negative a billion out of 10 for a trade period Collingwood would surely be in contention for that that was just oh like the worst of the worst I'm sorry I could go on forever and I normally would happily go on forever about how awful Collingwood were in this trade period, in terms of the best, St Kilda's up there. Geelong is up there as well. Carlton potentially up there. I think North Melbourne had a solid trade period. Uh, ultimately, though, I am going to go with the Power. They were the best teams throughout most of last, uh, both most of this season, um, and they have so many exciting youngsters. And now they bought in a great defender, and a potentially fantastic if he can get his body right. Small forward pocket player. Just an absolute phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal trade period for the power. Kako, too wrong with that. The portress is going to be buzzing next season. Liam, thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the Through the Better podcast. Hopefully, the draft period, uh, the draft period, the draft will do will hopefully net you guys a better result than what the trade period has.
1: We can only hope. We can only only hope.
0: hope. I mean, I'm going to be hoping for the exact, I'm going to be hoping for the exact same. I'll be completely honest with you, but yeah, one can only hope. Um, Thank you very much to your listener for listening to this episode of the through the banner podcast. Uh, Join us next episode for a discussion of the, draft when it happens and for uh, the episode after that which will be the fixture release whenever that happens that's the one I'm truly looking forward to like I I wake up early in Dubai like at 5 a.m just ready to like look at SN's fixture and look at who we play I just love to fixture anyways until next time sayonara